Christmas and all through the house not a creature was stirring not even a mouse in my mind Christmas edition of the Rob the Genius Podcast, and it is a special Christmas edition because you are probably listening to this over the Christmas weekend, if not on Christmas Day. <laughs> um, I'm keeping it kind of short this week. Just you know, I didn't look because I didn't want to get into a bunch of super serious stuff. It's Christmas for crying out loud. So I'm gonna hit a few topics. Try to keep it light, keep it a little more cheerful than usual around here, <laughs> and. Um, you know, as you heard, you know, the theme this week is Christmas music, so that's what we're going to be doing. And, you know, going to talk a little Mandalorian, going to talk some football stuff like I always do, and got a little, you know, short tribute to a member of the hip-hop community who passed on this week. That's Ecstasy from Houdini. So I'm going to do all of that and play some Christmas music for you. And yeah, like I said, we're going to keep it short. We're going to keep it light this week. So let's get to it, folks.
Alright, and uh, I absolutely have to talk about Mandalorian. I have not talked about any episodes of it, you know, at all. But last Friday was the season finale. And, man, let me tell you, uh, that episode, that was one of the happiest moments. Well, that, well, that episode had several moments that just made me like the happiest I've been as a Star Wars fan in a long time. Probably since I saw Force Awakens the first time in the movie theater. Now, alright, so that, spoiler alert, okay, it's been a week, it's been a week, alright, y'all have had time to listen to watch it, those of you who do, but, you know, if you're, if you haven't gotten a chance to see it yet, and you're worried about spoilers, and you've been avoiding spoilers all week, then you should probably just, I don't know, fast forward about 10 minutes here and you will avoid me giving spoiling it alright so there's your warning there's your warning if you haven't seen it yet there's your warning skip ahead about 10 minutes alright but now to get into it here I mean just where do we start okay well so this season we got just a whole slew of characters from previous, you know, Star Wars fair reintroduced into this. Yeah, and the main one being Boba Fett, and played by Tamura Morrison, who played Jango Fett in Attack of the Clones, and since Jango Fett was the like source for all the clones, he also played you know the clone troopers, right? Uh, the, the voice of the clone troopers, right? So he and you know Boba Fett, of course, was Jango Fett's son. So he comes back to play Boba Fett here, and of course he's older and all. So he's been re- so. And we saw him in the first episode at the very end. Yeah, you know, of course he didn't have the he didn't, you know, he didn't have the armor on and everything. Of course, over the course of the season, he got his armor back. So Boba Fett was introduced and showed up a few episodes ago. So you know we we have him. We have Bo-Katan, who was introduced in the, um, I believe it was, she was in Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels, I believe. She got in, you know, she got reintroduced a few episodes into the, this season. She played by Katie Sackhoff, Starbuck from Battlestar Galactica. One of her kind of 
Helpers, or yeah, or Kalska Reeves, played by Sasha Banks from the WWE. She, well, in the cast, she was listed under her real name, Mercedes Bernardo. So they, I mean, they were all. So those, are, those are people from, you know, Boba Fett, of course, from the original trilogy, Bo-Katan from Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels. And then over this season, you know, characters that were introduced from the first season also came back. Carrot Dune, played by Gina Carano. Moff Gideon, played by Giancarlo Esposito. And it all came back. And Carl Weathers, who I forgot his character's name, like Kreef something or other. He was in for an episode. Alright, so now, and then in this finale, they had to go, oh, and uh, Ming-Na from uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., uh, I forgot her character's name, Mandalorian, but she came back this season also. So, the, the, the season finale was about getting the gang together to go rescue Baby Yoda, who had been taken by Moff Gideon and his, like... Uh, oh, I call the Dark Troopers. Yeah. So Moff Gideon is like uh, one of the last Imperial kind of general type of dudes. Because the, oh, the Empire, this is after Return of the Jedi. And while the Emperor is dead and all, like the Empire was this huge army, right? And they were like all over the place. So they're kind of scattered elements of the Empire still around here and there. Moff Gideon is one of those leaders. And so he took the child and trying he's trying to make some more clones or something. So the gang, you know uh, Mando and got, you know, a whole bunch of the gang together to go rescue the child. So, of course, you know, they find it. They know where Martha Gideon is, so they get on board his ship. They go to rescue the child, and they shoot a bunch of stormtroopers because stormtroopers remain the worst bad guy henchmen you can find. That has not changed. But while they were on the ship, we got to see the dark troopers, and that's a whole different animal. Basically, they're like droids on steroids. <laughs> right, and well, you guys—I'm not going to give you all the details, but they—they are pretty scary looking and pretty effective. So it took a whole lot to deal with them. I mean, look at, yeah. And it took a whole lot to get take one of them down, right? So then, of course, you know, you get the big fight between Mando and Mom Gideon. You know that was coming. But, you know, then after that happens and... 
they're looking to get up out of there. And then the dark troopers that they thought they had dispatched make it back onto the ship. And it's like straight out of a horror movie. Like the way it is looking. And then, you know, the cavalry arrives. And it arrives in the form of one Luke Skywalker. Let me tell you, I almost jumped off the couch and ran around the house. When, and the way they revealed it was just so awesome because they showed the X, you know, one X-wing land on the ship, and then at that point, we're like, okay, who's that? Right? Because you know, at different points in the season, they've shown X-wing fighters, and you know, it was just New Republic pilots, right? So I'm thinking, okay, well, maybe this is just some pilot or something. Then, all right, so then somebody hops out of the ship, and they're wearing the Jedi robe. Don't can't, don't, can't see who it is because, you know, the first image we see is on, like, a screen. So there's, you know, somebody in a Jedi robe, and dark troopers are going after them. All right, they whip out the lightsaber, start going to town. At that point, we don't know what Jedi it is. Now, earlier in the season, we had seen Ahsoka Tano, who was from Clone Wars. We had seen her earlier in the season. So first, I'm thinking, well, maybe, well, maybe she caught up with him again. But as it goes on, you know, we see that the lightsaber blade is green, which is a big tail. But even then, it's still like, okay, well, maybe this is somebody else. Because, you know, I'm, you just don't expect them to drop Luke Skywalker in here like that. But then, alright, they got on all black. And that's when it first kind of dawned on me, like, wait a minute, this might be Luke. This is crazy. You know, and then they panned over to... You know, the, his hand that has the black glove on it, you know, because he has one, you know, his uh, mechanical hand, has, he wears a black glove over it in terms of Jedi, and that's where you know. So then, once that happens, then it's, then, then it's like, oh, okay, yeah, this is it. We're here. But they still didn't show his face. So, again, they're, you know, they're kind of just. They're teasing. They're teasing. Yeah. Yeah. But um, that point, I'm like, don't play with my emotions here. Don't, don't even, don't even think about teasing this. It's not him. So then, finally, you know, he emerges amongst the, and you know, he comes through the door and pulls his hood down, and it is him. And oh my goodness. Okay. I mean, I, I was on cloud nine. I think I've told y'all that my first two superheroes were Batman and Luke Skywalker. I know Luke isn't technically a superhero, right? But to me, he is. To me, Luke Skywalker is a superhero, right? So he and Batman are my first two superheroes. They're my f two favorite characters of all time. And I figured that we would, you know, 
I didn't expect to see Luke show up. You know, I mean, he was in the sequel trilogy. Yeah, I did not expect to see him show up here because I did not think they were going to go that big, right? I did not. You know, I just didn't. You know. So yeah, this, I mean, this was a good. I mean, my goodness. I mean, I felt like this was like the greatest day ever watching that. And in fact, I went back and watched it a second time. I could watch that scene over and over again. Look, that that is up there with the the, the portal scene in Avengers Endgame where everybody comes back and they start playing the music in the background. Right? I mean, this is right up there with that for me. Alright. As somebody who, you know, the original trilogy was my introduction to big time movies. And again, like I said, Luke Skywalker was and Batman, my first two heroes. And, you know, what we saw from Luke in the sequel trilogy. I mean, okay, here's the thing, right? Something can be a good piece of art, right? But not be a particularly happy thing. So in, you know, Star Wars The Last Jedi, you know, where, you know, Luke was a pretty prominent part of that, it was, oh, he was old, kind of disgruntled Luke Skywalker. Something that we didn't expect and all. And, you know, we felt, I felt kind of cheated that we never got to see, you know, post-Return of the Jedi Luke Skywalker at, you know, full power before anything went bad. So this was the moment I thought we were never going to get. So I thought the ship had sailed. I just thought they weren't going to do that. So I never, you know, and I'd always given up hope that we were going to get that. And we finally get it. We finally get it. And it felt so good to see that. I can just watch that over and over and over again. It was great. Thank you, everyone involved. And, you know, and Mark Hamill, you know, who played Luke in the original trilogy, he is one of the just, <laughs> oh, he's one of the coolest actors out there. He just, so, like, late in the day, last Friday, he tweeted, anybody seen any good TV lately? <laughs> And, um, you know, uh, and then he, on Instagram, he put, put a picture of himself making like the shh, no face. Oh, that was so beautiful. So, look, man, thank you, everyone involved. And thank you for a great season. And thank you for giving this old Star Wars fan one more moment of just true happiness. Thank you. Couldn't think of a better Christmas present to get in terms of entertainment. Oh man, just how sweet it is. Be back in a minute. Come here! Got a package. Wait, wait, I know what I want for Christmas. What you want? I want T-Bot to give me 
bells, sleigh bells, jingling, ring, ting, tingling too. It's lovely weather for us, sleigh ride together with you. Outside the snow is falling and friends are calling you you. It's lovely weather for us, sleigh ride together with you. Well, some unfortunate news this week. Um, Ecstasy from Houdini passed away. Um, now, if you've been listening to the show from day one, you know, I had Houdini as the musical guest one week. Uh, Houdini was a big part of my early, well, not early, um, I guess mid childhood yeah they were one of the earliest successful rap groups and their run was from around 83 maybe to like 88 so it wasn't like a super long run but for that time they were one of the rap groups out there yeah, they were a big hit on was the uh, Fresh Fest tour. They had, you know, they had in their short run they had a bunch of hit songs. There were and stuff that still holds up. You know, thirty years later, and Ecstasy was only he was fifty six years old. So he, I mean, he was in that that age group that I talk about frequently of like rappers that we forget. Got guys who were, you know, um, in that kind of that fifty-year-old range, you know, give or take a few years, right? We, you know, unless you find some way to just kind of ingratiate yourself with, you know, pop culture at large, the way that like Snoop has, then there ain't a whole lot of love for fifty-year-old rappers. And we've, you know, like I said, we, you know, I've said this a million times here. You know, we throw those guys away. And we, you know, we have thrown those guys and gals away. So, you know, I mean, look. I don't know what kind of health he was in. But, you know, I figured, look, Houdini should have been out there. There should have, look, there should have been a senior tour for Houdini. Alright. Just like there should there should be one for you know, Big Daddy Kane and Rockham, right? And then I mean there probably would be one for Run DMC if if they were to want to do it. Uh you know, Slick Rick, Kumo D. Public Enemy forged out on their own, away from record labels, and you know, even though they kind of fell off the general public radar, they never stopped. Right, but 
there should be more for, for guys in that age group and gals in that age group. Right? Uh, unfortunately, rap is one of those things where you get close to 40 and you get thrown away. Like, completely thrown away. Not just, you know, we don't want to hear your new music anymore now. It becomes, we don't want to see or hear anything from you. Or not that we don't want to, but it's just that, the, you know, the powers that be in the entertainment industry basically make disappear you. They make you vanish in a rap as you get closer to 40. Unless you find some way to, you know, stave that off. And so Houdini, they were pretty much done, so... 88 was when really when their last relevant stuff came through that's 32 years ago which means that ecstasy was like 24 years old you know 24 years old and when you know his run as a relevant rap artist essentially came to a close And that's a shame. But, you know what? Uh, enough of that. Yeah, I saw some really heartfelt tributes from some guys in the business. Like Jermaine Dupree, who was a dancer for Houdini. Uh, MC Hammer had a really nice tweet about him. You know, talking about how he used to drive them around when they would come out west. And they supported him, like before he became a big deal. And like one day, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have MC Hammer as the, the music guy one week. Because he's somebody else I really wanna talk about. But anyway, um, you know, so, to Ecstasy, uh, rest in peace, brother. Thank you for what you gave us. And, you know, my prayers and condolences out to the other members of the group, to all his friends and family who are missing him right now. And we'll be right back after this. All right, uh, we're back. And, I, of course, I got to do a little football here. And, well, the streak came to an end. My Washington football team went, went, went from two and seven to six and seven, riding high, ready to win the division, and then we lost to the Seattle Seahawks, who are really good. Oh, they're, well, they're good. I don't know how good they are, but they're good. So we got kind of exposed there, and we'll final score twenty to fifteen. And it was worse than that for a while. But to their credit, they, they battled back and made it close. Which is something they would not have done under Jay Gruden. Okay. Under Jay Gruden. You know, uh, they were down 10 or 13 points. It would have got, it would have turned into 25. So, to their credit... 
they battled back, they made it close, but they still lost. So now they're six and eight. So now I think we can win the division with one more win, or if everybody else loses one more, I think. Yeah, I think. Well, maybe I don't know. Some combination of us winning one more and everyone else losing one more. I think we can still, you know, we can win the division next week. Otherwise, we might have to win outright, you know. But, and, and I'm still hoping for that. Like I, I told y'all a few weeks ago, I am not, I do not believe in tanking. And I do not believe in losing for the sake of losing. Go out there, you win every game you can. And if that means you finish 6-10 and 10 instead of 2-14, and 14, so be it. Alright, um... getting a higher draft pick I mean unless it is the rare occasion where there is some otherworldly player available in that spot then getting a higher draft pick is not a cure-all for a bad team alright I mean the only real danger in you know fighting hard and getting 6 and 10 instead of 2 and 14 the only real danger is that you know that you overrate the talent you have because you think that you know what you had to battle with six and ten is better than it is. Okay. Yes. That's, all right. That is the only real drawback to you know busting your ass to get to six and ten instead of falling back for two and four, two and fourteen. So as long as you don't do that, as long as you recognize that, hey, yeah, we finished six and ten. Six and ten is not good, but it is, you know, six and ten isn't like futile, hopeless, but it's not good. As long as you understand that, then I think go ahead and, and push. So I'm mean, gonna look. If we're six and eight, I hope we get to eight and eight. I'll settle for seven and nine. Because uh, I mean, in reality, uh, you know, they six and, when the team is six and eight, then that means they're not very good, and that means you shouldn't expect things out of them like winning two games straight. Even though, look, even though we won four games straight, still, all right, we're still six and eight, and expecting two wins in a row out of a six and eight team, no. But, well, because, you know why? Because, if it, you know, winning two more games, in this case, would mean that they were, would mean that they won, you know, six out of their last seven. And, you know, expecting a team that was at 1.2 and seven to win, to win six out of seven games. After that is a bit much. But whatever we end up with, you know, I'm, I, you know, I'm happy for the effort as a fan. Now, <laughs> there's a bit of a tomfoolery to come out of this past weekend, and that is. <laughs> 
quarterback Dwayne Haskins because um, he got busted at what looks like a strip club situation. Now he, he said that it's not a strip club. He said it was a private function, but it was still some party with you know dancing girls all up in his face, and he got busted. Somebody took pictures and, and, <laughs> and put him out there. I mean, dude, we're in like, you know, pandemic times, brother. I mean, it's a bad look regardless, although under normal circumstances, I'd say it's an overblown bad look. It's one of those things that, you know, sports radio guy who expects you to live and die with every win or loss, you know. That guy expects you to not be in any type of celebratory mood after you lose a game. Personally, I don't care. Um, you know, if I mean, if you can show me where you know partying on Sunday night after the game somehow affects your preparation during the week, you know, I if I mean, you can show. Some connection, then I might be willing to listen, but I don't. <laughs> but I will. But doing it now is the problem. Well, where you know, I mean, we got you know coronavirus still out here. All right, so you could be out there and you could catch something and bring it into the facility and give it to everybody so he got fined like $40,000 he got stripped of his captaincy which yeah (laughs) but um you know the the local media here is upset because coach Rivera did not do more than that I think it seems like some people wanted him like benched and maybe even you know and, and they're already trying to you know have him released in the off season but and that's one of those things that we do here in DC you know the, the DC media they you know they love to do that and You know, because they, they got RG3 out of here. You know, once he started having the falling out with the coach, with, well, first it was Shanahan and then, you know, Gruden. When that happened, you know, the, the local media here was one of the things that kind of turned up the fire. So, I mean, they, they were... victim because they've kind of soured on Haskins and so they've been doing that thing that you know sports media or local sports media tends to do or not just local but national sports sports media they do a thing that a lot of bros in sports media tend to do which is treat things that are admittedly ill-advised and stupid 
and treat them as if you've committed a felony. Right? I mean, what Haskins did was dumb. It was absolutely dumb. There was no defending. But, again, he did not commit any crimes. So you shouldn't talk about him that way. You should not put him in the same sentence with, you know, people who, you know, washed out as players because they were doing things that were illegal. Right? I mean, you shouldn't talk about him in that same vein that same kind of breath but that's what happens I look like Terrell, you know one example Terrell Owens alright was Terrell Owens a jerk yes was he a bad teammate on many occasions yes and yet the same I mean, but was he was no kind of criminal right I mean and I mean, when I say he was no kind of criminal, I mean, like, he wasn't even accused of any crimes, like, ever. And this is in a league where, you know, you got domestic abusers, you got child abusers, you got sexual assaulters, right? And who, who whose behavior gets covered up, deep sixed, you know, so long as there isn't anything, so long as the story doesn't get out there and, and there's nothing that's so damning that they can't avoid it, right, I mean, the league will just straight up deep six the whole thing and, you know, make it disappear, right, and I mean, and these are like violent criminals, and, you know, the NFL media is very much, you know, co-opted. And they will um, basically play ball. I mean, they will kind of minimally report on it, you know. And if nothing happens in the legal system, then it kind of just fades away. But yet, you know, these same media guys are, will, again, talk about somebody like Haskins who did something stupid or, you know, talk about Terrell Owens who was yes indeed a jerk when he was playing and they'll they'll talk about them and like worse than the you know the guys with the, the court cases that's kind of going on here with Haskins and you know that's what they want they want they want coach Rivera to treat him like a criminal and he's not doing that so they're not, now they're mad at coach Rivera so that's our DC sports media for you. <coughs> and that's your football update for this week. A little disappointing on the win and loss column and a little embarrassing how it's off, off the field. You know. But uh well, here's what it is. Yep. <laughs> and uh with that we will move on. Uh be back after this.
dollars out at the dark. When I seen a man chilling with his dog at the park, I approached him very slowly with my heart full of fear. Looked at his dog, oh my God, a ill reindeer. My man, I was ill and called the man at a beer. Had a bag full of goodies, 12 o'clock at night. So I turned my head a second and the man was gone. But he must have dropped his wallet back down on the lawn. I picked the wallet up and then I took a pause. Took out the lights and then it cold said Santa Claus. A million dollars in the cold, hundreds of G's. Enough to buy a All right, so uh, got some other business to get to here. Basically, just announcing some stuff that's coming up in the next few weeks. Uh, I got a conversation I recorded with my man DJ from the Mindless Musings podcast. We talked some wrestling stuff. And probably going to break that up, put in two parts maybe. But I'm going to hold on to that until after the new year. And I got some some other things uh, that have been requested. Uh, one of them involves the, the wonderful subject of television ratings. And, you know, that's a frequent topic of discussion amongst wrestling fans, but it's also relevant across other sports because there's a lot of debate that, in, that has you know, gone into place or it has come into place or whatever the right term is, you know, over TV ratings and sports and what they all mean. So I will be getting to that probably in the new year. I'm going to write something about that first. So, you know, sometime in the next week or so, that'll be over on my website. Well, either on my own website, robsagenius.com, or it'll be over at thechairshot.com, one or the other. But, yeah, I'm going to, you know, take some time here and talk about that, you know, when we get to January here. Um, you know, I'm speaking of the uh, Mindless Musings podcast, I was on there with DJ, and we talked about the WWE TLC pay-per-view that just happened. So if you're interested in that, you can... Go listen to us there. And I believe that is all. Yeah, I got some, some writing stuff that I'm working on on my own website, robsagenius.com. It'll be up over the next couple of weeks. You know, if you do visit there, and I hope that you do, you know, just keep on the lookout and you'll see some of that stuff pop up and I'll announce it when it's up and running. But you can go there and check out all the previous stuff I've written about wrestling and movies and all those kinds of things. And I believe that is all. Uh, this show is a little shorter this week because I figured, you know, nobody wants to get too serious or around Christmas, you know, y'all got better stuff to do than to me go long and be like super serious about a bunch of stuff. Got plenty of time for that next year. <laughs> so anyway, we will get back to the music here and keep the party going.
Alright, so I'm going to get to one kind of serious subject here this week. And that's about Rush Limbaugh. Alright, so Rush Limbaugh, for those of y'all who know, well, those of y'all who well, know who he is, know who he is. Those of y'all who may not know, um, Rush Limbaugh's radio host, he's a right-wing Republican radio host. He's been on the air for over 30 years, or almost around 30 years, something like that. And he gave what some people are thinking is a, basically a farewell address this week. Um, because he has cancer. And it's either like lung cancer or throat cancer. I think it's lung cancer. And it's, you know, gotten progressively worse. And, you know, he came out and said a few months ago that basically, you know, it's going to be fatal for him. So now, you know, he's given what is his final, what people are thinking are his final radio sign-off. And this is one of those things where, okay, I do not wish lung cancer on anybody, or any kind of cancer. I don't wish the suffering that comes along with that, and I do not wish that anyone has to spend their final, you know, days, months, years going through cancer treatment, okay? So... Well, I look, I mean, some people I know are, you know, are tap dancing on his grave. I'm not. All right. But I will say without a shadow of a doubt, with no equivocation, that Rush Limbaugh was, an, was and is an absolutely terrible person. And that he has spent his entire radio career, you know, demonizing people who either, you know, were in office and were Democrats or who may have been, you know, activists who were on the Democrat side or liberal side of things who were, you know, advocating for, you know, LGBT rights or, you know, uh, anti-discrimination policies or, you know, less, you know, aggressive foreign policy or less military action, you know, whatever, you know, all kinds, of, you know, things that are deemed, you know, liberal stances, you know, if you were, you know, some kind of public figure who was out here advocating for those, he demonized you. If you were a Democrat in office, he demonized you. And if you were some celebrity who happened to come on the quote-unquote liberal side of some issue and, you know, maybe supported someone running for office, somebody in office, and because of that issue, he demonized you. Right, I mean, it must be demonized. He didn't just say, well, I heard they're liberal. No, he talked about you as if you were an enemy of the state or as if you were someone who was trying to, you know, tear down our very society. Right, he talked about you as if you were the devil incarnate. Um, he once, you know, made a bunch of derogatory remarks about Chelsea Clinton when she was, when she was a child. Uh, says she looked ugly and looked like an animal or something, right? And you know, he said that on the air about a child. 
alright. Um, you know, the actor Michael J. Fox, you know, put his support behind hey, Democrat was running for office because it was on the issue of stem cell research because he's got Parkinson's disease. And he insinuated that Michael J. Fox was faking it. And he, you know, and he had like a little video feed of his radio show and he started just kind of pantomiming and mimicking, you know, kind of Michael J. Fox's movements and stuff that, you know, were resulted in Parkinson's disease. That's the kind of stuff he did every day. Um, and he did, he, you know, some, and some things were just stupid, too. Like, he, he, you know, he insinuated that the, you know, filmmakers behind the Dark Knight Rises were trying to make some political statement because, you know, the villain in the Dark Knight Rises was Bane and Mitt Romney, who was running for president in 2012, had at one point been an executive at Bain Capital, right? And even though, you know, Bain wasn't even spelled the same way, right? But he's still out here suggesting that, you know, Christopher Nolan and whoever else were, you know, making a political statement because, you know, based on a, you know, 20-year-old comic book villain, <laughs> being in a movie right and then that's the kind of stuff he did and he did it for 30 years and he fanned a lot of the flames that are burning really hot right now you know you know racial flames anti-semitic the stuff you see going on now these proud boys and all these people I mean he fanned a lot of those flames did it for 30 years and Got rich doing it, right? I mean, he got rich convincing you that some centrist Democrat from you know Nebraska or North Dakota or something was in bed with the you know commies or you know right? I mean, or was trying to destroy the you know the makeup of the American family, right? And doing so, he made people targets for a lot of hate and a lot of vitriol and he did that for 30 years you know he demonized people with substance abuse issues you know and then of course when he developed one himself he wanted sympathy he wanted mercy so he was a you know he's a you know raging hypocrite also right so you know because of all that, I have no problem saying that he was an absolutely terrible person. You know, and so despite not wishing, you know, suffering on him or anything like that, I think, look, we got to tell the truth about people and about who they were and who they really are. We don't need to lie. We don't need to pretend that he was some type of, you know, nice guy or something because of the situation he's in now. Okay, I mean, you can not celebrate his ailment and still tell the truth about who he is. I think it's important that we do that. And it's gonna be, and look, it's gonna be really important because 
you know, we got people who are going to be coming out of the Trump administration here who pushed for and supported some really vile stuff. And they're going to try to rehabilitate their image, right? They're going to write books and try to get on TV and, you know, and they're going to try to paint themselves as, you know, the, the, the man or woman in the room who tried to prevent all the bad stuff from happening. When in reality, they were out there pushing for it and advocating it. And it's going to be important that no, we don't let them do that. So that's why, you know, it's important that we tell the truth about people who have been out here doing just vile, disgusting things. And Russ Limbaugh has been one of those people. Period. End of story. And... That's all I got. You know, like I said, don't don't wish this on him. You know, if he somehow makes a miraculous recovery, then you know, I got no. You know, I'm not going to be sad about that, right? But I will always tell the truth about what kind of person he is, what kind of person he was. That's all there is to it. And uh, we'll move on now. I'm going to keep it short because I know you guys got a million other things you're doing. So to all of you, whether you're listening to this on Christmas Day or over the weekend, I hope that you had or are having a very Merry Christmas. You celebrated Hanukkah earlier this month. Hope you had a happy Hanukkah. If you're celebrating anything else, hope that went well for you too. And like it's been a long year, a lot of ups and downs, but, you know, we can be thankful we made it this far. And here's the hoping and praying that we get, you know, that all of you guys get to 2021, that I get there with you. Because look, right now, the greatest, the greatest gift after all of this, we've been through this year, is that we're still here. <laughs> okay. Um, and that we get a chance to keep going. So whether this year was really good for you or it was really bad or somewhere in between, um, the opportunity to go keep going and make today and the next day better.
is a gift unto itself. So we can do that. One way we can do that is by doing what I always tell you guys to do, which is don't go anywhere you don't have to. And when you do go out, protect yourself. Take every precaution you can out there. Pandemic not over yet. And so, take care of yourselves. Take care of each other. Merry Christmas, everyone. God bless you guys. And uh, next week will be year in review. So, God willing, talk to you guys then.